0: The Promo News Podcast, talking music videos in association with WPA, Worldwide Production Agency. Welcome to another episode
1: of the Promo News Podcast, where we look at the world of music videos from the perspective of the people who make them and talk to a leading maker of music videos. I'm here with Rob Ulitsky. Hi, Rob. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. Are you having a good week? Yeah, great. Thank you. And we're joined today by someone who has been making a pretty much a unique contribution to music videos for quite a long time. He has an unmistakable style of animation that has graced videos for so many artists. Run the Jewels, Danny Brown, DJ Shadow, Jay Diller, Young Thug, Nightmares on Wax, Comet Is Coming, and many more. He is well, he's known to the world as Rough Mercy, um, who is the alter ego of Russ Murphy. I'm glad yeah. I got that right, isn't that right? Yeah.
2: That's right, that's exactly
1: right. get that right way around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hi Russ. Hey, how are you doing guys? Uh, yeah, very well. Um, Russ, where are you? Where are you at the moment? I'm in Bristol in my workshop studio office. You're not originally from Bristol, I know this. I was looking at a questionnaire you made for Promo News a few years ago, and you're originally from the north of England, isn't that right? Yeah, Doncaster. I grew up
2: in Doncaster,
1: and then my dad was in the Air Force,
2: so we moved around a fair bit when I was younger, but mostly up north, and, then, and about three years in Germany. Right. And, and then after, after that, after moving to Leeds to study um, I went to London for about 16 years, and then headed out to Bristol about 10 years ago. When I had, we, we were just about expecting twin boys, so we oh, gave right. up our one-bedroom flat in London and moved this way to somewhere bigger. <clears throat> yeah, a bit more space,
1: maybe. Looking at the um, at the, the questionnaire, I remember you writing that your your sort of your love of hip hop which we'll get on to shortly, was kind of re- related to that time when you were sort of growing up, you know, as the son of a, an Air Force, um, yeah. an Air Force family.
2: Yeah, that's right, yeah. In Germany, of all places, is where I really got into hip-hop, about the age of 13. And then um, I used to, you know, just when you're getting into music and not just what your dad's listening to in the car, I remember going to, like, discovering... Uh, electro, you know, everyone at school was trying to break dance. And yeah. Then, and the record shops in the small town I lived in catered for a lot of the American Air Force people that were over there, so they had a lot of hip-hop, and that's where I sort of managed to build up a collection there and really got into loving that kind of music.
1: So uh, what sort of time are we talking about? Is this the, the sort of the uh, first first phase of hip-hop?
2: 84, 85? Yeah. and about then, the electro, and then, yeah. Yeah, so quite early, really. Didn't really know much about it, but just just started realizing I really liked it and started digging into it and just sucking up whatever I could, really. You know, there'd be, like, one release a week or something, and I'd be there in the record shop trying to see what was new,
1: what was happening. Has that in kind of informed your love of making videos
2: yeah i'd say so i think at that time i was i didn't think i want to make music videos but at school i wasn't good at much apart from drawing so i, I used to draw draw a line and i thought yeah maybe one day i can be a graphic designer but i did used to listen to albums at night and then try and imagine uh you know what a music video would look like for some of those songs you know later you know like headphones on just listening things hey, if I made a video, it'd be like this. Or we didn't have MTV. I think MTV was in its early days and we didn't really have that. But so I wasn't really too aware of music videos when I was a bit older, maybe like 17 or something, 16. You know, maybe I was imagining that was that, probably that period when I was sort of listening to music and imagining videos.
1: Yeah. But talking of MTV, that's where you ended up, isn't it? You went after after university.
2: Yeah. Actually, you just give me a memory flashback to um, – pre-MTV and pre-going to university, I used to stay up really late at night to record the Capital One rap show, Tim Westwood's thing. That was like, it'd come on right. between yeah. the hours of like 12 and four in the morning or something. It was something ridiculously late. And I used to stay up or try and stay up and record the show and the VHS. You know, like just make sure I got the, the got it recorded and then I'd go to bed and then the next day I'd sort of like rush
1: down to watch it. Oh, so but this was a TV show? This wasn't a radio show? Yeah, yeah, it was It was this
2: TV show and it was kind of part of a block. You know, like there would be like a four-hour program session of like music and club stuff and then right in the middle of it they they put the show on, but it was never at the same time. If it's a three-hour tape you had, you had to make sure you could get the whole of that block in that tape, you know? <laughs> so yeah. I'd stay up late, press record and then go to bed and then the next day sort of fast forward for all this other stuff to get to that.
1: I think and everyone then, has been inspired by watching a, a video show,
0: you know, yeah. it, sort of seeps
1: into, it seeps into your subconscious.
0: Um, I used to do the same thing, kind of get my mum to record them on kind of like MTV. Before I went to bed, I was like, you need to stay up for a few hours and <laughs> get them so we can kind of watch them in the morning. Yeah. So I can relate to that.
2: I think MTV actually used to play the more interesting stuff late at night.
0: And yeah, I, you, talk, you touched on me,
2: you touched on me working there and, and, that was a thing I was thinking about this morning actually when I knew I was going to be talking to you I was thinking oh yeah MTV used to like we used to you know two in the morning the the transmission guys used to remix the videos themselves for the sort of chill out zone oh wow so so in in the I think like when no one was watching especially in the office they would just sit there and just play with the the buttons on their deck and change, like make things inverted and, you know, oversaturate mm. things and, and experiment. And I thought that was pretty, anyway, that came to me the, today. Was, I thought it was pretty cool.
1: So, but how, how did you get to be working there? And you were, were you a producer? Or... Yeah, like on air, it was official title, it was like on air producer. So I was at Leeds studying
2: illustration. They, they had like a Rostrum camera, like an old VHS kind of stop motion. Had a video camera set up to a v, uh, VHS machine or Betamax or something, and then I, I found myself gravitating towards playing with experimental animation, like refilming stuff off the TV, feedback, and and spend hours in this like dark room just doing that. And I built a showreel up for graduate, you know, for when you graduate. Mm. Uh, and I think I remember two two people came, uh, a guy called Paul Plowman. And Tony Burrell, Tony Burrell, is quite well known now for his poster design and design work. Yeah. Paul, Paul Plowman, he made a lot of animated films, and they came and did a talk at Leeds. And uh, they might have been old graduates. And they, um, I think they suggested, oh hey, you'd be, your stuff would go down really well at MTV. And I was like, hey, that's an idea. <laughs> so then I wrote a letter to a guy called Peter Doherty.
1: Oh, right.
2: Yeah. Guy. yeah and, and he, I think he thought I was Irish because of the, the Murphy name <laughs> yeah. down the line. I am. And I think that's what got me in the door because <laughs> uh, he's an American Irish American. Right. I think yeah. I, just, I think he was like, hey, this sounds like a good guy. <laughs> and I, I think I wrote a really cocky letter, something about wanted to run away with a tv set that i was in love with and something something ridiculous i cringe at now but it it got me in the door and he was like i will give you a month's trial so for a month i was commuting down from leeds from my girlfriend's house um getting the bus 5 a.m on a monday morning to go to work and then and then after a month i got the i got the gig got a contract as an on-air producer making the a promo for bon jovi weekend or Bruce Springsteen yeah. weekend, and you have to write the script. You have to delve into all the the, the videos, like go for all the Bruce Springsteen videos, and then go to an edit and chop them together. And then that kind of, that progressed into making getting more freedom to make title sequences for shows like MTV Base, and there was a show called The Lick. It was quite an experimental period, actually. They there was a lot of
1: freedom almost an extension of college so I, I i did enjoy it so this would have been like what the early 90s 90s
2: yeah like 95 to 98 i was there. oh
1: yeah what a great time
2: it was cool and then i you know there there was this access to the light you had to put in a request to the library to get the videos but you know you'd see there'd be the daily ones that were like madonna or you know say bruce springsteen bon Jovi, Green Day that we were always playing on the TV sets around the, the building, which were you know inspiration, but the the real gems were the ones that you never really saw, you know, the underground stuff. So you'd put in a request and you'd wait a few days and then you got a big bag of tapes and you could just go through them and, and then try and find the most obscure bit of someone else's video to then chop into your promo. And it was kind of like, I guess there I saw a lot of videos. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I mean does it it sounds as if it has informed your later work because obviously you use a lot of existing footage or live action footage which you do your amazing work on.
2: I think I think it did influence me. I think it was just seeing so many different techniques and ideas and and the people there around me were all pushing each other forward to try and experiment and it was a bit of a, a school for music videos and i think at that time i never really thought it was possible that i could start making videos i didn't really think about that but it definitely led me to think inspired me to think maybe one day i can do this 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 would be great to make music videos
0: yeah it might be a good moment to kind of jump towards kind of one of your first videos the blue doing nothing video where you collaborated with david hellman i mean do you remember how kind of that one came about
2: yeah well At that point, I was like, I probably spent about ten years doing broadcast design stuff. Yeah. And it was very very tight, like, like vector based illustration. And I had, I had actually done a video prior to that for this guy for Blue, the same guy, Uh, but it was in quite a different style. And then I think from me doing that video, David Hellman and Blue were working on something, and then they were. Like hey, why don't we get that guy that did that other video for you to like see if he can uh, work on this with us? And they had they sent me like a little gif of about six frames, and it was a picture of a girl, and each frame was just like a scribbled over drawing, but looped up. It right. It had a certain essence about it. Uh, they were like, hey, if we shot blue in the studio, do you think you could like do something like this over the whole video? And, I, and at that point, I hadn't really used the Wacom tablet or done anything like that a flat tablet that you can plug into the computer and get a, you get a pen, a digital pen. So I was like, Hey, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, give it a, I'll give it a go. I bought a Wacom tablet. And after a day, I was like, Oh, this is kind of fun. It's like what I do all the time, normally on sketchbook or, uh, or you know, just whatever papers to hand when I'm just doodling all the time. So through this video it's like
1: a big learning curve. So that changed things by the sounds of it quite dramatically, it sort of launched you into, I guess, what the Rough Mercy style that we're, that we know and love.
2: Yeah, I think that was the,
1: that was a key moment for me. Definitely. It was we're like, rough, when did Russ Murphy become Rough Mercy? And that was a bit earlier actually. And and it
2: came about from one of my friends just started calling me it when he was drunk. Cause it was like a slurred version of my name, you know, like a kind of, <laughs> and I think, sometimes I'm prone to mumble and maybe like I remember like someone trying to book a trying to book a flight and also someone else thinking that's what I said on the you know the the woman I was trying to book it on the phone with started say, so, you know we had this awkward conversation where she kept I keep keep re-spelling my name because she kept thinking I was saying Rough Mercy so it kind of <laughs> yeah I kind of thought uh oh, that sounds quite good for a name so I just I just went mm. with that. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, that video was like the first one of the uh, me sort of really feeling like it's like a eureka moment, and it went down. It seemed to go down really well.
0: Do you remember how long it kind of took, kind of from when you got the footage to to the final product? Is it is it quite a long winded technique, or can you get it done quite quickly?
2: Do you know back then it? I think it took a month or something. Yeah, and it was quite a lot of like, and I was probably putting far more. Uh, yeah, I, did, I spent a lot of time in each frame. Uh, right over the 10 years i've kind of sped up and you get you get you get quicker right at things and work out shortcuts or just just get better at it i guess
0: sure and has the software changed or is it still on a Wacom tablet photoshop or i still
2: i still use the same thing but i always use after effects as well to comp stuff but the yeah. base the, the, the starting point is always in photoshop you know, uh, especially with that video, you bring the video in and I just draw over in a separate video layer.
1: Yeah. And and do you always have original footage that you, you're you working to?
2: Hey, not always. There was a flow of, like, having that kind of style of video, so, you know, live action with drawing over it. But I, as I progressed doing more videos, I, just, I was trying to change it up and experiment with we just doing an all-animated video like the Young Thug yeah. or um, DJ Shadow, where I really wanted to try and get away from the drawing over stuff. I think with music videos, it felt to me at the time that like, oh, I shouldn't be repeating it, repeating the technique. You know, like after the first one, they're doing nothing. I was like, I've done that yes. now. I shouldn't, you know, people are going to want to see something different from me. And I kind of fought with that for a while. But then in the end, I liked it so much that I decided, actually, I'm going to just make it my thing so i I try to mix it up uh and i guess over the years i've tried to do a little bit less of that and try and explore new territory but um i always do come back to it and get asked to come back to it a lot
1: yeah so i mean one of the early fairly early things you did was this run the jewels yeah Uh, and that obviously you were using their live action that was a significant moment yeah,
2: and I know I mean I love the guy's music and I, I think in my early days I was trying to work out how to work with the bands I, I wanted to work with and yeah and building up a portfolio I just got in touch with people and and in, and offered in some cases free videos and they were one of the people that they'd seen a couple of earlier ones and they were like okay let's see what this guy's guys about and they um we were right, when they were over in England I arranged a shoot shot them and then took it away and and edited it and then
0: we did the animation over it yeah i was going to say in the same vein you did kind of a, a more unofficial remix for the pusher t video number on, numbers on the boards yeah you, you mentioned doing videos for free and kind of trying to get yourself out there and that's yeah in a similar vein
2: i think because i was just loving the freedom it gave me right the drawing over the footage and in the spirit of hip-hop i just decided that But I loved the track, and I saw the video, and I was like, oh, this looks like, I wish I would have drawn over this video. And I thought, hey, why not? In in an ideal world, I would have taken it, drawn over it, and put it back where it was, You know, almost like some vandalism to it. (laughs) I mean, I have no hacking skills, I didn't know how to do that, but I gave myself the, I just started drawing over it, just down ripped it off the internet, started drawing over it and thought, wow, this looks pretty good. And then it kind of had a nice punk feeling about it being able to just take someone else's video i didn't really think about the director and what they thought i just thought "Oh, i'm just going to do something with this
0: so yeah and obviously it it worked i mean they got a staff pick that video didn't it on vimeo
2: yeah and do you know what actually it's like it, it was a way for me to work with Pusha t and kanye west without actually officially working with them
0: it was just because like yeah. if they're
2: not if they're not asking me i'm just gonna do it and i kept, and then i went from that video i went, I went through a, a period of doing that quite a lot there's an element of fun really you know trying yeah. to just do things for fun and not worry about whether it's right or wrong or you know it's just being creative for the sake of it. And it and it helped i mean it worked so and then it even led to like Kendrick Lamar's team got me in to draw on one of his early videos yeah they didn't use it in the end but like it no one seemed to at first I thought oh people might get a bit offended by me stealing their video but I think a lot of people appreciated the creativity yeah you know? it of... wasn't like a homage to you know we weren't like you know I, I respected the video enough to think it is an amazing video to draw over so in
0: the same vein of kind of remixing I guess with with singers and stuff, they take it. Yeah, that's it's... what I thought, was sampling,
2: right? Like Kanye West, they, you know, especially in the early days, they, in hip-hop, you sampled, but you didn't actually declare the sample. You tried to get away with it. Anyway, I'm going on a bit too much about that, but it, that was the spirit of it.
1: But When, no. you, get, when you went to do, uh, you know, official videos and you're using live action, uh, how, how much are you involved in the filming of the live action generally? Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's been been a mix, really, because um, like the Run the Jewels I shot, I I directed that live action, and then Daniel Brown, Lily Allen, I did a Lily Allen video. So I did quite a few where it depends really on the budget and where the artist is. But I have found myself over the past few years focusing more on the animation side, collaborating with people.
1: Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you've done a lot of hip hop stuff, Russ. You know, there's, yeah. there's other uh, projects that I know have been quite close to your heart, like the preoccupation video. It's quite different. It's like very English nature, a beach and drone footage and a different technique, actually. Bit of r- yeah, rough collage of style. <laughs> Was that like a kind of personal project? I think you
2: know I did focus on hip hop videos for a long time and it, and I and I made that point of trying to get recognized within that genre and I wanted to make hip hop weird as weird as I could and mm. I felt like I felt like a lot of videos are quite the samey or they're quite you know there's the block people hanging out and I just had this mission to make them well let's see how far we can go with hip hop and, and really see who's going to be
1: weird and then, uh, hip hop, Yeah, got, you, which you've t- totally done. I mean, it is, it's it's uh, and you've and you you I mean, talking about that before you go on to other things, it's like you obviously it was uh, welcomed by, as you say, by the likes of um Kendrick Lamar, and yeah. many others, Danny Brown, you know,
2: yeah. and I think, and then I think actually, hip-hop got weirder in general. like there's, you know, yeah. uh, the music changed i'm not saying I had anything to do with that but i think i i i hit it at the right time where hip-hop was going people were experimenting more so there was there was that whole thing and then i never really thought about moving on to other types of music but then i got approached by the preoccupations record label and i really i just thought oh this is something different and i like the music i like the st- where it's coming from it's i'm not particularly a pop fan and and it's not pop so it kind of resonated with me and i um just came up with this simple idea of just wanting to film on my favorite beach (laughs) and then and and the singer was coming over and we just went for a stroll on the beach and we got got lucky with an amazing day with different kinds of weather like fog and sunshine and the beach um, saunton sands in devon it's kind yeah. of like an epic two-mile beach. So I experiment a lot with, like, different techniques and just try them out. And and that yeah. happened to be something I was playing with at the time. And I showed it to the label, like, a few little samples of... I think I took a co- that old Coldplay video, you know, the, the one where he's yellow, you know, the, yellow, the classic like yellow... Like their first, video. That's yeah, their yeah. first yeah. video. I took that video, remixed the audio into something terrible more terrible and then and then um <laughs> and then just messed with the footage and cut out his chris martin's face redrew his face and made it in this warped kind of little 20 second experimental little short and i showed that to the record label for preoccupations and they were like yeah that's it yeah do that so so i kind of i think just, we'd all like to see
1: that one russ it, your,
0: yeah, uh, remix uh, yeah. Of the Video.
1: <laughs> On
0: it's trail. one of my
2: favorite things actually um, and then i was doing stuff with like Radiohead stuff like taking little sample little bits of theirs and, and i was playing with this style of cutting out the face and collaging other stuff and and then drawing over it what happens generally generally is um i discover a new technique and i try and use it as many times as possible to like so i can't get away with it anymore i think it's like exploring the style until it's done and then I try and find something new, um, but, the, but the drawing is always there as well, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I enjoyed move, and then that kind of opened the doors to that video to, to working with.
1: You've worked also worked with Tom York, didn't you? I mean, that was that was was that part of that it was the mo- the soundtrack from the Suspiria, Suspiria. Re- remake.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was pretty amazing to get asked to do that well so
1: again you're kind of exploring with another technique yeah and that came Is that a about... footage from the movie that you you were working on no
2: you know um it was actually uh we licensed uh old dance piece like it's like a 1960s dance film and i and i and i cut it out in photoshop and played with the figure you know to make yeah. it more spectral uh, and and the and actually in all credit is Stanley Donwood's design for the album cover that influenced the, the video. Yeah. Because I I, I, like, I think it was Phil Lee who was XL's creative director at the time. Yeah. He got, he got me in, and and they just said, right, we want you to do these five videos for Tom York versus Suspiria, and I was like, what? What really? I think I just yeah looked at the album cover and just did a little teaser and then they were like wow yeah that's it let's run with that that's the kind of style so there was no treatment there was no storyboard it was just me doing a test and then sharing it and then them going hey yeah let's do that for all the five videos that 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 strong pink and blue look i kind of felt with tom that he's open-minded and there was a certain freedom to not worry about being commercial with the the look and, and feel of it so yeah. i really enjoyed that it kind of felt like quite a artistic moment for me
0: how much freedom do you get is it more of a collaboration like when you just mentioned work with tommy York or is it normally a more kind of strictly defined set of rules
2: you know it changes and, and i usually accept, try and take on the jobs where i see more freedom in them or someone yeah. who's willing to give me more freedom because and i guess over the years i've got more confident with Pushing my ideas, or just thinking, you know, I know, I know best. But it depends because some people come to me because of they've seen my previous work and they want to just see what I can do, and they they tend to give me more freedom. Whereas some people want an animator, and they've heard that I can do animation, so they just say, "Hey, we need an animator," and then it, that's probably where the problem comes in a bit more, where they. They're trying to push me in a certain direction. And they're, yeah. and they're, and they're the ones which I, I sort of jerk, need jerk away from. And a lot of the times I will take on low budget videos uh, or even no budget videos just to give me the freedom
1: to just do what I want to do. For sure. Raj, should we talk about the Gets project? Yeah. And that's what it turned out to be. But starting with the Mozambique video, mm. which which you won the... Uh, Best Animation Award at last year's UK MVAs.
2: Yeah, do you know, I I don't want to think of it as a lockdown video, but it did come as we went into lockdown. And originally, uh, the commissioner, Nathan Tetty, he came to me and um, my producer, Jamie, at my compass. He came to us with, oh, we've got this new Getz album. It's going to be amazing. And he did have a live action video in, in mind, but then... It was really early on in lockdown, right? So, yeah, no, no one was doing anything. I tried to re- realise his idea, like you know, with the driving, yeah. Um, but then also take it into another world, which is more my world of, of, of all animation, really. And and luckily he had a videographer he'd been working with, um, a lot who could shoot the footage of him, and yeah. then we got Moon Child Senelli. We got, she filmed herself remotely and so did JK and they gave me a bunch of footage and I, managed, um, and we had a great editor here, he put it together and I just, we were, weaved in lots of archive footage of, of street cars stuff. And then um, it was kind of a new technique as well. I, I sort of discovered that I could rotoscope and in a raw style rather than really super slick and use right. all these Super 8 textures that I'd been building up, like painting on Super 8 film, and there wasn't much option for shooting
1: live. So It's so beautifully composed um, as, a, as a whole that you're not really aware of the um, stock footage with the performance and where the provenance of the performance and the stock footage, um, it, it all kind of works.
2: That's nice of you, nice you to say, actually, because I think at the time my biggest fear was that we're going to have to use archive stock footage and how's that going to gel and can I do that had the worry of can I pull that off is it just going to look really like live you know animated footage stock footage Uh, um, so that that was a big worry but I'm glad you said that we pulled that off
0: that we we managed to gel it a lot of lockdown videos just because of the restrictions looked very much like lockdown videos where this one you managed to pull off something a bit more kind of timeless and it is it is hidden within it. So I think that was a really great, great. um yeah great outcome. Thanks. Was that the, was that your first um
1: like grime video? You
2: know, it was really it was actually I, I'm not I don't follow Grime too much. I kind of I like some of it when I hear it and, and I feel quite lucky in a sense that it was locked down because I got to make a video for gets in a different way that I don't think he would have gone for you know I don't yeah. think he would have gone for that technique if yeah. if it wasn't lockdown. down and I think I got away with, and and the comments I, I read the comments on YouTube and people seem to really dig it and I thought you know what this I don't I don't think the, the grind videos look like this so that's kind of a cool thing and then I got to know gets his work through that project and
1: yeah well you you was obviously you then worked on two subsequent videos and then and all but also the the whole campaign like the poster campaign i remember seeing seeing your post posters up around um around town was that the first time you've been in a a marketing campaign overall yeah
2: i think on on that scale maybe i did uh when I, i i worked on the nightmares and wax stuff and i i made the album cover and did some teaser films and a music video for him and yeah. and then there's a guy called clap clap um so i did the same thing like album cover and videos like uh one main video and some teasers but it was probably the first time where and i didn't know they were making the posters i just suddenly saw someone send me a picture he's like all right it's like no oh, really this is, <laughs> oh, wow. this is. And I, I knew I, I did the single art for the, i did the single art for it and i think they just took that and then made these huge posters it was kind of a buzz to see that yeah and I, and then from that video, I went on to work. They got me into. They needed some extra work doing on the next video for um, IC three was Skepta, so I was brought in to to work on that. Um, and then from there, they I think gets decided. You know what? I've got to have this this the style the drawing over on all all my videos. So it actually turned yeah. out to be five six videos. Oh wow! But only in some I had lighter touches. And then there was a YouTube um, YouTube live performance that was recorded that when the album came out, and even then I did the titles for that. They just wanted he wanted to see it through the whole way there. Yeah, so, and then it the really album worked. cover. I think he had an album cover that he he got me like I think it was like on the Wednesday night, and he's like, "Hey Russ," and just sent me a text message saying. I need to get the album cover in by tomorrow. It's not gonna, <laughs> it's not, it's not gonna make it. And I'm going, yeah, okay. Who's going doing that? And he's like, uh, you are. And I, and I was like, oh no, <laughs> oh fuck it's. I was like, it's fucking, it's ten to eight <laughs> on a Wednesday. And then, and then, but you know, you can't help but, you know, he's putting his effort, all his effort into this. So I kind of stayed late and helped him sort of design the artwork for the, for the album. <laughs> that was Amazing. A, like, I was kind of like shocked at like, all right, surely this should have been done a bit earlier, but you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it probably was, but they probably didn't, you know. Yeah, decided, oh, we need we need rough mercy instead.
2: Yeah, so that that's what happened. It was but yeah, it, it was a good it was a great project actually, and it's a great album, and I'm glad he got the recognition for it.
0: Yeah, I guess um moving on from that, one of the, the final kind of big videos to talk about would be the new Chemical Brothers one that was released a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and I was reading, obviously, on Vimeo in the in the blurb that it's got aspects of nostalgia, but also of lockdown being lifted, and it's kind of contemporising that nostalgia for moving into our next period out of lockdown. Yeah, um, it
2: definitely was a, a key factor in it. Yeah.
0: Can you talk about how that one kind of came about and your inspirations for that
2: yeah i i think yeah i noticed chemical brothers started following me on instagram and i was like okay some something might be <laughs> happening <laughs> something might yeah. be happening here and then um uh, my producer got in touch and said oh this there's, there's this new chemical brothers song and then i was like what really because obviously they have such a history i'm a big fan and i remember yeah. watching their videos back at mtv you know and and then it was suddenly like wow i'm, I'm if that's the case, I'm gonna be all over this. And then I had a chat with the commissioner, Elsa, and we talked about how they wanted it to be quite emotional, you know, they, and then we talked about lockdown, and, and the song had that kind of nostalgic feel to it. I think the brief from the Chemical Brothers was, it's about love and about happiness and about letting the darkness go. It was like a kind of really short brief, and they just want to see what you can come up with and i think because i use a lot of color in, in my work i think they they gravitated towards it, me for that reason and then i just started thinking about how the track reminded me of those early days and i'm old enough to have been around in those early days <laughs> and I, and then um yeah they seem to go with the idea and and then i, I in a way, this almost like gets part Mozambique part two. The video it was the same, same, similar technique, you know, cutting out, old, cutting out footage and 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 filling it with colourful, super eight textures
0: and making things a bit more abstract. And, and again, then, kind of using some stock footage as well from from the times.
2: Yeah, yeah, it, it had to feel authentic, and yeah, it was, it, it was a really playful video actually. And I, I sort of knew from the beginning how I wanted to. To, to look like but i did have the same worries about how am i going to show emotion you know if i'm coloring everyone in and making everything drawing weird faces but i was lucky again to work with a great editor who i like to experiment a lot so when yes. i say so i like to change things as it goes and it might not look the same when it, you know if i say it's gonna look like this it might change because i'll just find different ways to make things better when you start playing you get more sure so, get more yeah. ideas so luckily i had this great editor charlie from uh, homespun editing who who was patient. ready yeah yeah he's amazing and he, he was really patient and he we just worked together and the, the obviously you have licensing problems with archive footage like yeah what was quite cool about that job was the the both tom and ed from the chemical brothers independently would text me and say how amazing it was looking early on and, oh, they wow. just, and they left me to Elsa, the commissioner, did say that once they give you the job, they're, they're pretty hands off. But yeah. they, were, they were giving me supportive texts, you know, as, as it was going. And I was like, OK, I'm on. This is good. <laughs> this is, yeah. this is this <laughs> what you is, want to hear. Oh, this <laughs> yeah. is working. Yeah. So it kind of it, it felt like a really supportive way of making a video. And I was really um, touched that they would bother to get in touch directly.
0: Again, yeah.
1: I was saying, you know, I mean, when we put it on promo news, I just kept, I took about twenty screen grabs and we ran about I don't know six or seven. But every time you, you know, we you click, is it just comes up this beautiful like painting? It, it's kind of remarkable. I kind of think that it must be like your most abstract video in a way. I mean, how do you do mm. it?
2: It does take a little bit of time to cut out each frame, but it's. It's quick and slow. Like I don't spend too much time trying to perfect how I cut things out. I like it to look rough, and I yeah. like and and it, and that benefits the process of actually getting it made on time. I think the the, the producer, one of the producers, just did keep slightly worrying that um, I wasn't gonna. I think Elsa and the producer were like, "Are you gonna make this?" You're gonna get this done on time. <laughs> like, this, this is Elsa,
1: Elsa Robertson, the yeah, uh, she's amazing
2: as well. Yeah,
1: uh, they're really. I mean, they're really cool. They they knew I'd get
2: it done, but I, they were, people kept saying, Are "You sure you can do all this in the in the time?"
1: But, I, yeah, I but have, what was the time frame then? Uh, I think it took about three weeks,
2: like wow. for actual wow. actual work. <laughs> but I, I have also I, I have a, a great guy who worked he's worked with me for a long time called Patch and he, right. he he you know he he helped cut out lots of stuff and then i you know i organized it you know we he cut stuff i cut stuff i comped it together i've got all these super ain't film textures that i've built up a library over over the past couple of years so the colors what i can just quickly lay them in there i think we ended up with like i had a thousand plus layers in after effects you know like. What? Just say like, you're God. scrolling down for about ten minutes to try and you know, but I, to get to the bottom. But luckily, I sort of have a, I must have some sort of OCD personality where I kind of, Rain Man, where I can kind of
1: remember where I'm, <laughs> where shots are. Like, yeah. Work. Russ, what is what's what's next on the agenda? I'm working with. Do you know the
2: heliocentrics?
1: Not uh, really. I know oh, the like, name,
2: like, but it, it, like a site. Funk, um, jazz ensemble, been around for a while, but they, the, one of the guys from that band, Jake, he's got a solo album coming out, which is called "The Architecture of Oppression," which is kind of interesting. It's about, you know, the system, you know, the corrupt system in the police force and um, stop and search, and yeah, you know, that kind of theme, um, and then. I don't know yet, lots of, lots of things I hope.
1: <laughs> How do you generally feel about music videos now? You've been sort of in the game for nearly 10 years.
2: I still love music videos um, and making them. And it's just that connection to the music. And I, at certain points, cause I'm approaching, I'm what, 48. And I did think, oh, maybe I'm too old for this. I'm, I can't go on being, doing music videos when I'm 60. But they're actually, they're, I was thinking, why should I put rules on myself? Like, like yeah. I'm glad like you said that. that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's like, a, that's a kind of a silly thing. I think I always stop myself from feeling too old for stuff. And I think actually that'd be cool to, if you can still connect with young people making, you know, and still be, still make relevant videos at, at, at any age, that would be cool. So I, I'm hoping to to stick it out.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I certainly hope you do. and. I certainly hope we can uh well feature feature your work, obviously, and um and you know do a a show and see it on the big screen.
2: Yeah, love that. I appreciate the support, guys. It's always good to know promo news is there.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. Um, and thank you for obviously giving your time for today. Um just a quick note that obviously the the videos that we've talked about today, we can find them on promonews.tv. Um and you can go back and read the interview from a few years ago as well thanks again thanks thanks so much for your time and um you know see you soon hopefully this has been the promo news podcast talking music videos with david knight and robbie that of promo news in association with wpa worldwide production agency our thanks again to raf mercy and richard Grew my accomplice for his help in making this podcast happen You can find links to work by Rough Mercy in the description of this podcast and also at promonews.tv, the home for the latest in music video creativity and production news. And follow the Promo News podcast to hear more of our conversations with leading creatives in the music video industry. Bye for now.